Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Lord, just have your way. I th- we thank you for what you already done in this place, oh God. We thank you for the spirit of peace here, Holy Spirit, that you've brought already, oh Lord. The some of maybe came in today with high tensions today because of what the news going on in the world. You just brought peace here. And we know for a fact that not just are you here, the Holy Spirit is here, everything's here, but your angel that you have for us is outside with that flaming sword saying, I am protecting this place, oh God. We thank you for peace. We thank you for love. We thank you for this family. We just ask that. I just ask, Father God, that I just be your microphone. Holy Spirit, you flow. Touch our hearts. Reveal yourself to us, Lord, and let us just grow together as a body in you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's funny because um, I've, I've, I've been 20 years already walking with, a God, with God. It's amazing. It's funny when you say that. It just, time just flies. But it's been crazy that in the last, since November, it's been a shift, right, of just harboring a presence at God's feet that I can't even explain, that I'll attempt to. To the point that I, I, people ask, oh, you know, about God. And I go, man, you got to get to his feet. Oh, well, what does that mean? And it's hard to describe that. Think about for a moment. Somebody asks you, how do you get to Jesus' feet? It's more than just kneeling down on him. It's, it's, it's a lot deeper than that. So we're going to go to Luke 14. And I'm just going to read straight through so that way we can get straight to it. And I just want to start off by saying that um, Luke... Uh, he's very detailed with it, and he says that Jesus went to eat at a home of a Pharisee leader, and also in attendance were experts in the law, and there was a man who was suffering from uh, abnormal swelling in his body. So I'm going to skip. I'm going to go to Luke 14:7. But in this, it's 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 the Sabbath. Jesus is hanging at a a Pharisee's leader's home, and there's experts in the law there. So he's hanging with this crowd right now that. From the outside, ready, from the worldview, looks like they got everything figured out. They're the experts in the law. They're the Pharisee. They, they look perfect. They dress perfect. Um, when we went to Israel, we learned that these people were, were wealthy. I can't even say a lot of the people that were outcasts and might have said, man, I want that life because it looks so good. And the experts in the law were the ones that can read the, well, the Old Testament to us, and they can pretty much explain it better um, than the average Joe, who's probably couldn't even read. So it's crazy. Look, look at the audience that he's with. So it's people that notice. So it goes like this. From 14, 7 through 11, he goes, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, 
take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and also who humble themselves will be exalted. It's funny because um, back in the day, which was a Tuesday, back in the day I used to read that and be like, man, I had my church, my, my church seat reserved. What if somebody touched my shoulder and be like, get up, dude, this is for somebody else. Just train for thought. I just sit right there and now I sit all the way back there. I don't have a seat anymore. Whatever, just keep, let's just keep going. Luke 14, I used to be like, somebody's sitting in my chair. Don't act like you've never done that before. I got here 14 minutes late. Look what happened. Right. Luke 14, 12, 14. Then Jesus said to the host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. But it keeps going. He keeps going. He goes, although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So I just saw two blessings there. Because he says, hey, invite the blind, invite the, the, the crippled, invite the, the, the lame, and you'll be blessed. That's one blessing. That's a blessing on earth. But then he keeps on going. He goes, and you will also be repaid as a reservation, a resurrection. So it's a present blessing and a future blessing. Did we miss? I just want to make sure you catch that. Blessing now, blessing later. Check. Okay. So in Luke 14, 15, there's a man hearing this. He goes, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus. I underline that. That's important. A man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. I see it as, man, what a blessing it will be just to be in heaven. What a blessing it will be just to make it to heaven. Then Jesus, speaking a lot today, right? He comes, he goes, let me tell you another story, right? He already hit him to, with, with two hard facts. A man prepared a great feast and he sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began to make excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they have said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets, the alleys of the town, and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Man, kind of making sense with what he told the host, right? After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. 
So his master said, go out again into the town, the country lanes, and behind the edges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those that I invited first will I even get the smallest taste of my banquet. So the whole thing is that he sent out invitations. Everybody had excuses. They were very polite, though. Please excuse me for that. And they came, and then he went, go out and get the lame, the crippled. We learned that's the outcasts, the ones that nobody wanted, the ones that weren't perfect. Those are the ones. So when the guest told Jesus, who was sitting at his very table, man, I can't wait to be one day at that feast, he assumed that, that the feast was going to be someday in the future, right? But if we notice closely in Jesus' parable, Jesus stated that the feast already began, right? The guests just missed the part that the invitation was already made. The invitation was already given. He was still thinking about something in the future. I will get to that eventually. I hope to be there one day. When Jesus sitting at his very table said, no, nah, the invitation is already made. The time is now. The time is now. The invitation brought a change in the concept of interaction at the feast. Why do we say that? I can believe with knowing that they're the experts of the law and the Pharisees at the table, the guests had a religious mindset. Can we agree on that? Why? Because maybe, maybe he himself didn't know he had the religious time. You know, he was stuck to it. He was blind to it. He was more worried about being at this feast, sitting at a certain place at this feast, than realizing the blessing is being in the presence of the actual host. Wow. The king. He was so distracted that he didn't even catch who was sitting in his very table. Jesus Christ himself. Right. Why did I say that? Because he saw Jesus as what the experts of the law and what the, they've heard of him as by reputation at that moment. How do I know this? Because in Matthew 16, 13, I'll just read it. They were saying, when, when Jesus even asked his own disciple, who do you say I am? The rumor around the street was, he says, you're John the Baptist. You're one that say is Elijah. Others have called you Jeremiah or you're just one of the prophets, right? He did not see that who was sitting right at his table was Jesus Christ the Messiah, the son of the living God. So he had Jesus' mindset of a religion one, not as a personal relationship with one. That's major already. That's major. Because in the kingdom, it's not about the feast. It's about the king. A lot of times I thought making it to heaven was good enough. But what good enough is heaven if Jesus is not there? If God is not there? If I'm not, if my feast is not him? Streets of gold? So what? No more pain? So what? Pain is gone. Everything's great when I'm with him and he's with me. That's heaven. And what we've been proclaiming in this place, we know already that we can experience Heaven on earth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So being in the presence of the king, the one, becomes the feast. How do we know it? So Because in 1 Corinthians, um, 
in the synoptic gospels we have a, uh, a lot how Jesus uh, took the bread and, 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 and declared this is his body but I, I wanted to read it from Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 23 to 25 it goes for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he gave thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Amen. With that saying, the Lord is offering you an invitation to a feast. With those very words, God, Jesus on earth, offered you a feast. The Lord's Supper slash communion is not about the bread or the wafer, right? We're going to have a wafer later. It's not about the wine, just about the wine, the grape juice. It's all about Jesus because he is the bread and he is the wine. In his last feast, he is teaching the disciples how to be a family. The early church gathered in each other's houses and partook in communion with each other. This brought them growth and edification. What a perfect service today that in worship today, in worship, we came together and prayed for a couple that the majority here haven't even met. I was weeping back there, not to boast that I was weeping, but more because as a parent already, I understand what a loss of a child is. So I was weeping for them like if I knew them. And the only way that can happen, because we share the same father, the same voice, it's in me that's in them. So when we were praying today, I do believe it was something supernatural happening that to a point that I believe that Dasha felt something different over there in the room that she's in. Might it be healing? Might it be the Holy Spirit filling that place? Might it be that all those around her right now are probably even saying, wow, God is real. Because there's a presence there. Communion happened over there. Because the little warehouse in Hialeah is praying not for them, it's praying with them. That's major. So how do we go deeper? How do we speak deeper? Ready? When we feast on him together, we start understanding him deeper together. He is our Abba. So we start to understand and connect with each other on a deeper level. He starts speaking to us and not division, but rather unity. We partake together of his body and blood. You want to know how we're unified? I can tell you right now God spoke to me and I can say, let his whisper be a thunder to your soul. And you understand that. Because his whisper has been a thunder to your soul. We're eating the same Jesus. Oh, man, God's good. 
Someone who isn't partaking will just say, okay, and will not get the revelation of that. They'll think that we're crazy or they'll think that we're drunk. Am I right with saying that? Let your whisper be a thunder to your soul. This guy's nuts. What does that mean? But yet, when you're partaking, having the same communion, that you already know what that means. Because we have the same Father speaking to, this, to, to, one, to the same one speaking to me that speaks to you. All right? So whatever I say, the Lord's Supper is more than just remembering him. Right? Because we get caught up with, do this in remembrance of me. What if it's so much deeper than just do this in remembrance of me? That the feast offered by him, one which involves us devouring the Christ, which in result causes occupancy of Christ in our very core. In our very soul. That it's the intention not of life, but a mere participation, but rather a daily communion and presence in your very core. What if, I want to read that again. That it's not intention of life being a mere participation, but one rally of a daily communion and the presence of our very core. It sounds like being present is not good enough anymore. It's one of daily eating of the communion of Christ and having him here in our very core. John 6, 53. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. It's not just about getting close to him or getting close to him as merely like rub up against him. It's about the burden of wine living inside of you. I don't want to just get to a point where I touch Jesus' feet, right? It's deeper than that. It's about Jesus being in me and me being in Jesus. It's about that communion that, that we hear the word a lot, symb symb symbiosis, you know, same organism living in the same place. So Christ living in you equals hope and glory. You living in Christ is life and death, if you think about it. The cross brought forth communion and so much more, right? Because think about the cross. What was the cross supposed to be from the enemy's standpoint? It was supposed to be defeat. He was defeating God and causing destruction of the, the human race, like humans done. And what God did, he flipped it. So what the enemy intended against evil for you, God intended it for good in order to be able to accomplish a day like this and obtain his glory on it. So not only did he offer his body for us, by his stripes we've been healed. Not only did he pour out his blood and our sins wash white and establish a new covenant, but we also partake in his resurrection through that. And now the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. All through communion. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Lives in me. And that's major because we go through life and we just try to get by sometimes. And you notice and you know already because if you're in this room, you know you can't do it on your own anymore. And right now, we, very early, we just saw that we have an invitation to a feast and to feast on him.
together and in our daily life to eat of his body and drink of his blood. And he's going to be inside you. He's going to be with you, living at your very core, at your very soul. And then we remember the cross, which was supposed to be destruction. And we can see that with our very life. You know, it says, uh, carry your cross daily. So anything that's coming against you, anything that's bringing you down, any hurt, anything you're ashamed of, just think about that for one second right now. It's meant for your destruction. And God's telling you, I'm living inside you right now, so things are going to get a little bit different. When the enemy intended for evil against you and for your destruction, I'm going to use it for your good and for my glory. Right? And it comes to a point now, ready, that he's living inside us. And now we have the power of the resurrection as well. So death can no longer hurt us. Death is no longer the end of us right now. So now I can come into certain places and speak to dry bones and say, get up. I have the spirit inside me right now that has authority given to me by the one above. Who's not just sitting above, but sitting in here. We're not alone anymore. That's the thing we're trying to grasp. We're partaking in him. We're eating him. He's in us right now. And how awesome is that? That we say we got to seek God, seek God. And by eating of him, being at his feet, he comes in you. Hallelujah. So separation, I, I, I say religion is more like separation. Why did I say that? Because when we went to Israel, and I'm sorry to sound like, oh, we went to Israel. It just, it really opened my eyes when I went to Israel. That the churches there caused more separation than unity. It's, 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 it's bananas. Shh. I got shushed so many times when I wasn't even the one talking. Let me be honest with that. And it was, you got to follow certain rules. Rules, 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 rules. And take off your hat. Um... Whatever. Let me not get started with that one. It was just crazy. It's hot over there. Sun. I had a hat. Catholic churches. And you have to pay to use the bathroom. You don't have to pay to use the bathroom here. So it's quite a, it's, yeah, give it up for that. It's so, it's so weird. But this is why I say cause separation because over there you see that they want to separate man from God. Like I'll do it for you. I'll tell you what you have to repeat or what you have to do or just go by and you're going to be okay. And what we're saying today with the difference is that no, no, it's not, it's not okay. We want in our very core and our very being. I don't want to be separated from God. I need God in me daily. I need that inside me. I need to eat daily. So whenever I think religion, I think separation. When we have to do certain rules, it just separates from God. How many times have I, went for, for, for 20, for 19 and a half years, I tried to be a good person. I've tried to be a good person. I've tried to abstain thinking that brings me closer to God. On the contrary, it brought me farther away from God because I failed. I was sin again. Me trying to do good and abstaining in my own power caused me to fall more, caused me to hurt more. Cause me to feel alone more. And I don't know about you, but when I feel that I'm not doing good and I'm not where I'm supposed to be, I put myself in an island and I start separating myself even around the people that love me. Because how many times have many of you in this very room have to come get me and say, what is wrong with you? Lean on me. We're eating the same God. We're having the same communion. Eat on me. But before, 
I would run away. I will put myself in an island. And I can tell you right now, that's not the answer. The answer is having pillars in your life that are partaking of the communion and are asking you, come and eat. It tastes good. How can I say this? This has been the hardest year in my life. And I say that as me and my wife. And, and, and you know, seven years ago, we lost her mom. And that was, oh man, that was rough. Like, we're still feeling it today. Like, we remember her more today. And um, January, I just want to testify that January, my job is closing. They just told, hey, we're closing in, in May. You're out of a job. Okay. February, um, my stepfather has a stroke. Left, uh, left side of the brain, so his right side, he can't speak, can't raise his arm. My mom takes care of, of, of Maxie. What are we going to do now? Now she's a full-time caregiver, right? And as a man, everything's going to your head. How am I going to provide for my wife? How am I going to provide for my child? How am I going to do? And, and you start thinking, it's, it's like worldly things. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? By the same time, where all this, I want to say busy stuff, is keeping me busy, 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 busy. I start hearing a different word now. I start hearing a whisper. That it's a whisper, but it's a thunder to my soul. That says, come and eat. Come to my feet. So the secret is, ready? Just come at Jesus' feet and eat. Because from the outside right now, from a worldly view, it looks awful. But the world around me is dying. But the spirit inside me is growing and is living for the first time. I used to say no to that. Now I say yes. And you want to know how good God is? Pillars in, in our life have stepped up that I didn't even ask them to had I met that need and more. So much to a point that I see the living God in the physical through others. And that's amazing. And ready? That's my family. You guys are my family. And I want to say this because it's very important because we're never going to find the perfect church. It's not going to happen because we're not perfect and we are the church. It's not the four walls here. I may not speak to you on a daily Monday through Sunday type deal. Pastor might not. Betsy might not. Amando might not. It doesn't mean that when you come with your hurt and you tell it to somebody that I'm not going to weep with you and pray for you. Same thing with the person next to you. Because guess what? You don't know when I go back to my private place, to my secret place, how I cry with you and for you. You're not alone. When we say you're loved, man, you're loved. So let's eat together and share that together to grow up together, to go deeper together, to sound deeper together. Ready? <laughs> Communion is great. It's so great that now when we get together, eating on the same body, our prayer life is changing. Right? How many times have you, you don't have to raise your hand on this one, please don't, said a prayer hoping that it comes true? Or repeated words that you didn't even believe yourself that they have power? 
But we already learned, we already saw that now through the invitation to the feast, the eating of the feast, now we have authority to have power over those words. Ready? It's coming into prayer, praying over somebody that has cancer and not hoping that it goes away, but in the name of the Jesus, by the power given to me and authority, you're healed. That's, 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 that's major. We have authority there. So it's kind of crazy because as a church, we can grow and get better at this. I can grow better in this. Our midweek service prayer can get better. And that will happen. I, I, really, I really believe so. Because when we start waking up and we start eating together, we start growing together, we're going to see that something special happens when we get together. Something that I'm longing for is that it's not just our pastor or certain people speaking out loud during prayer. I want to hear somebody else's cry. And it's kind of funny. It's like if I'm waiting myself saying, man, let this person just yell out and give everything out because I'm holding back and I want to yell out too. But I don't want to be the only one yelling out. No. We're eating together. Let's yell out together with authority together. Let's come make war together. Let's raise up dead bones together. Let's break addiction together. Let's come and get anxiety out together. Let's do life together. What separates us from the other church? What, do we have a cool name? Oh, it's, I know. Ready? We know it's a cool name. Because the other day somebody goes, yeah, you guys changed your name, right? I'm like, haterade. Haterade. But I'm like, nah, man, it's not even the cool name. It's what we're eating together, man. Come, come, come into my warehouse, not my campus. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to start calling this a campus. Come to my campus in Hialeah Gardens. Well, we have potholes, but man, do we save souls. Woo! The world around me is dying, but my soul is living. Come on. So your words start carrying different rates. I love that pastor says it goes, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Our daily interactions with loved ones and, and those that we avoid are different. Why do I say that? Now we're partaking. We're, we're eating together. I'm eating also daily. I don't have to be reserved praying over my stepdad. I don't have to be reserved saying, man, I don't want to offend somebody by coming with my Jesus stuff. Nah, man, be offended. Because I'm coming to you with truth and with life and with authority now. And I've held back before with my mom. And now it's to a certain point that, ready? Mercy prayed over her a year ago because my mom had cancerous cells in her uterus. They did the surgery and it was gone. That happened here. This past Monday, she has to go now back and the doctor office called her and they, they scared her. They scared me. To a point that I'm, 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 I'm weeping, right? Senior goes, no, nah, let's just pray right now. Okay, yeah, just pray for me. He goes, no, 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 we're going to pray right now. And we prayed. And I can tell you right now, she was healed because I, when they called her on Tuesday, they said, no, there's nothing there. You're good to go. She went over there for no reason. So I think they just wanted the copay. <laughs> but man, the copay scared me. 
Copay, Copay scared me. But it's, it's, it's what she said when she came out and she goes, Dios amado es tan bueno. God, um, the loving God is so good. So even she knew that God had her back. That's powerful right there. So the king is here. Right, right. And, and that's what I want to say. We eat now. So when we go to talk to our loved ones and the ones that we're a little shy to talk to, or I can say, no, 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 no. The king is here. So the feast is here. And I'm going to give you now the invitation that was given to me so you, we can, you, you can eat as well. Praise God. We have permission to be in glory now. Living in glory on earth. We can experience a great blessing in this life and the kingdom feast to come. Invite the lame. Invite the poor. Invite the crippled. And you will be blessed. And then when you get to the feast at the resurrection, you will be repaid fully. We can live in glory now. And live in a deeper glory even when we get to him. But the great thing about it is we don't have to wait for the future till we get to a feast. The feast is happening now. We were already invited to it. Let's partake in it. Amen. Others can encounter the glory of God in you. Think about that. By what you're eating daily, by what you're having communion, you might be just the closest encounter that people have to God in their life. But what stops us? I want to say the valid excuses. Ready? I just bought a field. I must go see it. I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. I just got married, so I can't come. And marriage back then was a big deal. That was like a seven-day feast. Like, hey, like right now... Um, well, I might offend somebody, but I don't, whatever, I don't care. I already bartered with uh, Regal for Max and Jade. So I, I'm, I'm giving seven horses because Nancy loves horses. And we're going, we're, we're going from there. But that's how it was. So it was a big deal financially as well for marriage back then, okay? But I wanted to, this is what it shows. It shows an investment in something else and giving greater urgency and importance to that of God. Right? Those things sound like a blessing to me. Man, you were able to, to buy a field. You were able to buy a field. You were able to buy a house. I just bought five yoke of oxen. Man, I just, I just, I just had twins. Another blessing from God. No, man, I just got married, so I, gotta, you know, I want to spend time with my wife or my husband. That's another blessing. So when does the blessings become burdens that took you away from the feast? How many times have I asked for God for something, I get it, and now it becomes a burden that I can't even come to him? What happens? It replaces the rightful place of where he's supposed to be at. I heard people say it all the time that had kids. Man, it's hard when you have a child to be careful and put that child over God. I know exactly what they're talking about now. Because I love him with all my life. You know, it's so cool. He's going to hear this one day when he's mad at me. So it's even better. (laughs) 
Because what I didn't have, oh man, God is so good. What I didn't have as a child, I'm having it now as an adult and I could even appreciate it more. So whatever you think you messed out on, just think that God can give you the days back and let you enjoy it at a deeper place when you're in his presence and eating of him. It's not being stolen from you. It's being reserved for a later feast. Simple. Invest in presence, not burdens. Invest your time in presence and not burdens. Never let it take importance all for the rightful place of God in our lives. Because when that happens, communion is replaced. And, and I'm going to close up, and this is... Um, communion is an intimacy interaction. It's very intimate. And in John 17, 20, 25, this is Jesus praying to the Father when, 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 when he's about to leave. And he's praying over the disciples. And the crazy thing about it, he's also praying for the future disciples, which is us. So at this very moment, I want you, I want you to close your eyes, really. I really want you to close your eyes. And I want you to really to know what this means. This is Jesus praying over you specifically. And I'm going to read from the, from the, from the Passion. Uh, just... To get more lame, he goes, this is Jesus. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be all one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me. So they may be one as we are one. I am in them as, and you are in me. May they experience such a perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. And that you love them as much as you love me. Abba, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O oh, righteous Father. The world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. And I have revealed you to them and will continue to do so. Then your love will be in them and I will be in them. Amen. Hallelujah. What a blessing, huh? Amen. Praise God. Can you stand with me? And I think it's fitting that we take the Lord's. I think it's fitting that we take communion. But in taking communion, that we have communion. 
forevermore. Amen. He said so many things that I don't want to repeat his whole message. But he almost gave me, he gave me clearance to speak on some things that were tugging in my heart. And I think it's awesome that he mentioned this, you know. Right from when he started to say religious, religion equals um, separation, it separates. Um, my notes started going off, you know. <clears throat> the confession of saying, I tried to, um, to be a good person. You know, that confession of I tried to be a good person. I want to challenge us here for a moment. I want to challenge us here. Because I could, how many of you could relate to, to I try to be a good person? It's good. I'm glad he said that. Because I want to be very honest with you. And I want to confront you the way I confront myself right now. And by no means do I want you to feel good. But when does being a good person, you trying to be a good person, differ from you being a holy person. You being good and you being holy are two different things. And I think that's a great challenge for me. Can I speak to myself? And for you guys that, wrote, that raised your hands, I think that's a great challenge for you. It's not just a challenge to meet it. It's not just a goal to mark it off. It's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle to walk in. When do I stop being, stop focusing about being a good person? And when will I focus on it's time for me to, to be the holy son of God? A holy child. You know, when we say that you being a good person, it does not mean that you're holy. There's a lot of good people out there. For, for the earthly definition of what good means. But it doesn't mean you're a holy son. Many good doesn't mean you're a holy son. I said, when will we, and I and us and we, when will we crave for holiness and stop focusing on just being good? He said, to come to Jesus' feet and eat. Think about what that means. Like, it's very easy to grab this message and say, oh, man, that was good. You know, we just got to get more into his presence. If you think that this message was just about getting into his presence, you missed this whole thing. This was not even a message about his presence. This was about his, a message about him taking occupancy in your life, and now you are hostage by him. You have no right to yourself, and all of yours is given to God. It's not just about coming into a presence. Many people come into the presence, but you know what they do? The same way they came in is the same way they go out. This is about entering into a presence to never live outside of it again in their life. You know why we don't do that? The, the things you do will change. How you live will change. Man, this is so, so honest, man. Like The message that he just gave, there is no way that, you, that we can continue to partake in the things that we partake in and say, oh yeah, I have communion with God at the same time. You can't eat from two different tables. 
You can't say I eat from the master's table. Oh, yeah, but I also do this on the side. The Bible says it very clearly. Biblical context, you cannot serve two masters for you will love one more than the other. You can't have two for you will be devoted to one more than you will be devoted to the other. There is no double devotion with the Lord. You are singly devoted to the one true living king. But how many of us will leave here and go during this week or next weekend and just prepare another table and do in that table what others do around us in that table with them listen you're not having communion with God thank you for being a Christian but it doesn't mean you're holy you're a good person but you're not holy like what do we want together what do I want from my children I don't want my children just to be good but in doing good there comes a lot of junk that comes with it. I want them to be holy because before I ever have to deal with that junk, they're going to confess their sin and weep and be in the presence of God. Like, okay, that's, God's taking care of it for me because they're holy rather than just being good. Good kids come and they deal with it with their parents. Holy kids are already repenting before God, before their parents have to even bring the discipline on them. God's already disciplining them before the parents on earth have to discipline them because there's a holiness that is involved that is way deeper and beyond their goodness. What does that mean for us? That's a great challenge, Maori. I don't think communion at all as a church. I think this is a, I think this is actually, he had a grace today. I thank you, Lord, that he preached it and not me. Because he had a better grace in delivering it than I would have ever had. As you can tell, it's, a hard, it's hard for me. But he had a grace in preaching it. It's not just like man, we're gonna partake of a wafer right now we're gonna partake of some grape juice and then you go out here and go to your restaurant and you go out of here and go watch that tell and you go out of here and you treat your family and it's like what what was that for why did you just do what you did over there when you just did what you did this morning over here do you understand what this represents we do not believe in the whole transitioning that this actually becomes the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. But I will tell you that by me partaking of this, I am confirming that the, the bread is living in me and the blood is flowing through me. So, so am I in agreement with my life? You know what I'm trying to say? Is holiness the real goal, is the real objective, is the real focus of our lives as a family, as a church going forward? Man, I am challenged. Trust me when I say I have mastered it and I have made it. You guys have to hurry up and get with the program over here with me. No, I'm running this junk with you and saying let's do it together let's do it together it's so easy to be a good person it's so easy to be a good person you just follow the rules there's rules in the land there's laws you just and you're good you'll stay out of jail you'll be a good person but good people doesn't mean that you're not a sin you're not <laughs> you're not a sinner anymore a sinless person i'm talking about a holy son a holy daughter of god that it's beyond the physical laws. I'm under these supernatural laws. I'm under this supernatural reign. There's a reign of God living inside of me. And I, I, trust me, I could just preach a whole message. I might share a message. He said something about scream with me. Maybe next Sunday I'll preach a message and it's going to be titled. I wrote it somewhere. I said it to Isaiah. What did I tell you, Isaiah? Oh, he said, would you yell? I, so my, my message next week might be titled, thank you, Marty, for giving me the title. Would you yell with me? Would you yell with me? Yeah. Well, 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 the, the yell might sound less than a, than a yell. The, the yell might, oh man, the yell might be less than a yell, 
the yell, man, and I almost want to preach next week's message already. The yell might be, you don't have the authority to yell if you haven't walked seven times around the wall yet. Because you need to learn obedience before you could ever have power over that yell. Hallelujah. Next Sunday's going to be good. I thought that while he was preaching that. We all want to yell, but don't ask me to walk around seven times. No, I have the power to yell because a prophet laid hands on me and said that I was a man of God and that I am also going to be a prophet and I'm going to have a television show. And, and, and how many laps have you taken? Not one yet, but I got laid hands on. Go walk seven times and on the seventh time you give a yell and see if that wall comes crumbling down because it's not even in your yell. It's in the walk of your obedience. Come on. I'm not talking to good people. I'm asking to hold people to rise up so next Sunday come and would you yell with me some of you are like I'm not coming next Sunday thanks for giving me the input shame on you shame on you shame all right let's have communion amen how should we take this communion let's take this communion for what it really represents we are not going to be religious in it. And we will ask you to freely and lovingly refrain from it. If you know you need to refrain from it. If you know that you want to continue to live in ungodliness. And you reject what this represents. We love you. Come and yell with us next Sunday. But refrain from it. Because everything we do on earth will be held accountable before his presence. So refrain from it and get your life in order. But if you know that this was for you, man, and you know that God is calling you to holiness, and you know that there's a bigger picture for our campus, because that's what some of us live for, you know. But for, we'll change the word here for people to get it if they have to. Then take from this. And really mean what it represents. Lord, this is you and me, man. This is communion, not just on a Sunday morning. But what am I doing Monday at 2.30 p.m.? What am I doing on Friday at 8 p.m. till 3 a.m.? What, what, that's communion. That's what, what you're going to do right now. That's what that represents. It has nothing to do with this time right now, this morning. It has everything to do when the eyes are not looking at you. When only one eye... when. Not one eye, but one pair of eyes is looking when God is looking at you. And, 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 and it's only you. Like that, right? That's communion. What are you going to do there? What are you going to do there? Amen. I'm going to ask them to pass around. And as they're passing this around, I know you have to have your eyes open to grab it. But can you meditate in your heart there in the Lord? With the Lord, meditate there. And um, if you need to just wave them, just wave them. Don't worry about it. They'll respect, they'll respect you not taking it. No one's going to think you're weird. It's actually more of an honor if you need to refrain from it. Hallelujah. But Lord, you know. We need to go back to the real bread and stuff. This stuff is hard, man. I don't think Jesus meant for the communion to be so difficult. No, I'm not lying. I can't open this thing. Open this. Look at this. Look, I cramped up. Look at my finger. 
Just give me the bread and give me the, the wine and I'll dip it in the wine and I'll eat it. I'm half Italian. I dip my, I dip my things inside the oils and the wines and stuff. Yeah, I need a new one. Thank you. Lewis needs a new one. Lewis needs one. I'm spilling the wine all over. The blood is running, runneth over the altar. <laughs> I think Lou Rock needs one. Oh, he's got it. He's stronger than us. Man, that stuff was. That's a preaching, right? Work at it. You want me to live and you work at it. <laughs> That's a free, we could preach. Yeah, yard made. Adrian's going to work me out a little bit harder this week now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's so good. Is it, is it not the right place to all in the same day laugh, all in the same day cry, all in the same day be challenged? I think that's what, that's what we're about here. We, we have every single God-given emotion all in, on a two-hour span of his presence together. Amen? So cool. Can't, you have to script that in other places to make it work. You have to script it. But here God just does it genuinely. He's like laugh, cry, be challenged, upset, then ask for forgiveness. It's so cool that all of that happens together. Just like at my house. One moment I'm like, Jackson, if you say one more thing, I'm going to. And the next thing, Jackson, get on my lap. I just want to give you some love. It's family, man. It's family. It's family. One day I'm giving my, eye, my wife one look. And the next moment I'm giving my wife the other look. It's family. only in family, man. Hallelujah. So good, God. Lord, thank you for this awesome son that you've given us. What a gift. Thank you for everything we've been able to pray for, everything that you've spoken into us. Thank you for that word. Thank you for the challenge of communion, daily communion. Not to be good, but to remain holy. Lord, as we hold this bread, this wafer that represents your body, we thank you for your body that was given for us. You didn't need to take on the cross. You didn't need to take the beatings. You didn't need to take the mockery and the shame, the spitting, the punches. You didn't need to take the walk to Calvary. You didn't need any, to do any of that because you were already sitting on your throne, Jesus, before you ever came on earth to win our hearts on the cross. So, so you didn't need to do any of that. I am sure there could have been a whole other way. You could have made us robots. You could have made us all robots, but you gave us the, that, that inner... that we could decide whether we decide today whom you will choose. Thank you for giving us that that freedom to, to look at you and really see you for who you are and surrender our lives to you. You didn't zap me with, a, with an election, but you caused me to walk through ins and outs of life to experience your beauty. And I choose today to serve the one true living God. Choose today to serve the one true living God. Make us, make me more holy. Thank you for your body.
And Lord, we take of this body today, we take of you today, not just at this morning, but for the rest of our lives. And we do this in remembrance of you together as a family. We thank you and we honor you today in Jesus' name. Let's take. Thank you for the blood that, st that still runs, it still runs, it's still powerful, it's still living, it's still making many alive. <sighs> Thank you for the blood that was shed for me, for us. Because you first loved us. Today we take this juice. But Lord that we live covered under your blood for the rest of our days. And we do this in remembrance. And we say thank you Lord. And we take of communion of your blood today. The law. The new law under your blood. This new covenant. Hmm. Amen, amen. 